aside from a house or a car specifically, what is the most expensive thing you own? Wendy? A car. Name an animal with three letters in its name. Alligator. Name something that's better than being rich. Poor. Besides a bird, something in a bird cage. Hamster. Something that comes with a summer storm. Snow. Something Russia is famous for, Bob. Russians. Something a burglar would not want to see when he breaks into a house. Rob. Nucky Grandma. Reason you might stay indoors on a beautiful day. Because it's raining. Name something you might buy that could turn out to be phony. Yeah, a horse. Name a time that most people get up. In the morning. A time most people go to bed. At night. This is the 7 at 11 on Sunday Karma with Craig Karmazin. All right, Kyle, we need... uh, By the way, Eric Name's going to join us in about a half hour. So uh, Eric Name from The Athletic to talk Bucks with us in a half hour. So always a treat when we get to talk uh, Bucks with uh, Close Confidant. It's like we got Aaron Rodgers' guy, Jason Wilde, and then we got Giannis's guy, Eric Name, uh, all in the same show, which is really exciting on a Sunday morning game day. But now we ask all of you who plan on participating, who plan on calling in on our 7-Eleven to raise your right hand and say, I say your name. Kyle Wallace. You have to say I. I, Kyle Wallace. Will not. Will u- not. Use any outside resources. Will not use any outside resources. To cheat on today's 7 at 11. To cheat on today's 7 at 11. Because it's a doozy. Because it is a doozy. Okay, you don't need to repeat anymore. Here we go. All right. It should be easy, but it's not. I, I My challenge to you, our fans of this show, everyone listening, is to see if we can knock this out during this entire hour of the show. That's how hard I think it's going to be. Oh, okay. I'm glad I used my mulligan last week yeah, to fail. No cheating for anybody because it's real easy if you look it up, but it's not if you don't. All I want to know is this year's NBA playoffs, who's got the most three-pointers? What seven players have the most three-pointers in this postseason in the NBA? That's easy, oh. right? Not most per game. Not most of the teams that remain. Overall, most three-pointers uh, in this NBA playoffs. Devin Booker. Devin Booker, of course, still alive. Great shooter. Took the mask off last night. He is number 17 on the list. What? 17 on the list, Kyle. Oh, gosh. You just dropped in, and as I told you, this would not be easy. He is number 17. I don't think you've ever got done that bad as a first guest on one of these questions. I should have went with somebody else who I ice try. I'm sure. He, oh, well, oh, I well. mean, well, oh why he was gonna get guessed anyways? I'm sorry. Eight hundred nine ninety. All right. I didn't say anybody's name. Okay. I did not say anybody's okay. name. I was gonna tell you if that one was right or wrong. Don't do it. I won't. Instead, I opened it up, and as I said, no cheating. But right now, it is open for everyone at eight hundred nine ninety. ESPN. I'm giving us an hour. Remember, Eric Name's going to be on, but you can call while Eric Name's on. Let's see how we could do. The top seven most three-pointers made. Ratings are up. We're all watching these games. Who is leading the NBA playoffs in most three-pointers made? It's 800-990-ESPN, 800 990 
3776 is the number that gets you in. Let's start out with Stan, who is a property manager, and he's on Sunday Karma. Morning, Stan. Morning. How's it going? You got issues, Stan? Oh, sorry. I just always <laughs> want to say that to someone. Um, what, what do you got for us? Yeah. I'm going to go Paul George. Paul George. He's been shooting him in quantity. He has been struggling a little bit in uh, this round from three, but his 47 three-pointers are good for number three on the list. Well done, Stan. Do you have another for us? Yeah, let's go Trey Young. Trey Young, who uh, Kyle uh, realized he maybe should have gone with. He has played 14 games and has knocked down 39 three-pointers. Good for number five on the list. Well done, Stan. Do you have another? Yeah, let's go Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant. Many, many threes. And remember, they got an extra game against the Celtics. So he's played 12 games, 33 three-pointers. Good for number nine on the list. You got issues, Stan. You're eliminated. (laughs) Good job, Stan. Um, So, uh, all right, we got uh, number three, Paul George. Number five, Trey Young. Kevin Durant guessed incorrectly with not at nine and Devin Booker guessed incorrectly at 17. This is a hard list. It is a hard list. I mean, we, I mean, as I'm thinking, there's some guys on this. Were you thinking Durant would be there? Uh, yeah. Right. I mean, cause he's at 33. Yep. And 37 get was number three or number five. Uh, 39 was number five. 39 was number five. So so I mean, you're talking about six. Yeah. He's definitely close. Um, Wow. 800, 990 ESPN. It is 800, 990-3776. Looking for the seven players who have made the most three-pointers in this NBA playoffs. I have said with no cheating, the challenge is to this listener base, can you get all seven in this hour? Usually we expect you to do it in a segment. Today, I'm giving you the full hour to knock out all seven. A guy who went head-to-head, hardcore, arguing with Ben Brust over his take on the Wisconsin Badgers. Ron in the key, you're on Sunday Karma. Hey, Ron. Hey, Craig. Uh, so, Pratik's favorite player in the world right now, Reggie Jackson. Reggie Jackson has played in 17 postseason games, has 52 three-pointers, good for number one on the list. That is what inspired this list was Reggie Jackson. That is correct. Well done, Ron. Got um, another for us? I'm, 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 this is just, just Hail Mary just because he's shooting probably more than he should. Uh, we'll go hometown. We'll go Drew. Drew Holiday, who uh, has been uh, knocking down some threes in now 13 games. He has knocked down 23 three-pointers out of 77 attempts. Good for 30% and good for number 29 on the list. Thanks for the call, Ron. Knocking out our number one on the list. But Drew Holiday, number 29, despite his incredibly accurate shooting in uh, game two. A nice bounce back from, uh, you know, I guess his, uh, not in game one, but uh, his one of ten three-point shooting, which I believe was that game six that the Bucks won. Um, I feel like the Bucks may have won the game that he went one of 10 uh, shooting against Brooklyn from three-point range. All right, we got Reggie Jackson, number one, Paul George, number three, Trey Young, number five, guessed incorrectly, Durant, 
and Booker. Let's see uh, what you could, uh, Andrew Holiday. Uh, let's see what you can do to help knock this out this hour of the show. 800 990 ESPN. It's 800 990 3776. Looking for the seven players with the most three pointers made in this NBA playoffs, right? So this is across all teams, whether they're still alive or have been eliminated, the most three-pointers made in this NBA playoffs. Right now, uh, what we see is in Reggie Jackson, Paul George, and Trey Young, the three correct answers have all been players that are still alive. Uh, Two of the three uh, incorrect answers uh, that have been guessed were also uh, still teams that are uh, active in this uh, postseason. Let's uh, continue. 800-990-ESPN. It is 800-990-3776. Let's go next to uh, Dylan, who is in sales. You are on Sunday Karma. Good morning, Dylan. Good morning. How are you? Excellent, excellent. Who are you going to go with? Uh, I got a couple names following the Phoenix Suns, but I'll give you one, uh, Jay Crowder. Jay Crowder, who I still have nightmares of what Jay Crowder did drilling three-pointers with the Miami Heat last year against the Bucks. although I would like to uh, see another matchup with him this year. Jay Crowder has been added again, 33 of 82, the exact same amount of shots and makes as as uh oh no i'm sorry he's actually 33 of 90 36.7% he is tied for number 9 on the list just outside of our top 7 thanks for the call dylan let's go to paul sam's club you're on uh, sunday karma morning paul good morning hey uh, you actually stopped by on one of my classes at uwm with shorts a uh, while back nice uh, yeah nice to see you or hear you good i'm going to go with Chris Money Middleton. Chris Money Middleton, who has uh, certainly uh, had his ups and downs. Chris is only shooting 33.7% from three-point range. He has made 32 of 95, good for number Uh, 12 on our list. Thanks for the call, Paul, and thanks for having me at your class. Uh, Joe's a chemical engineer. You are on Sunday Karma. Morning, Joe. Good morning. How are you doing? Excellent. Excellent. I like the honesty and integrity shown by this audience. Remember, we are not cheating on this list, and we have until noon to get it. We have three of the seven already guessed here in the first segment. Joe, who do you have for us? Um, I'm going to guess Luke Kennard. Kennard, who uh, last night had some really good looks. He is shooting 44.4%. So he's been pretty efficient from three-point range. He is 20 of 45, good for number 32 on our list of most three-pointers made in this NBA postseason. Thanks for the call, Joe. All right, so we'll, we're going to continue. Line it up right now. Line them up. We'll come back and knock them out. Eric uh, Name joining us at 1130. So we got Reggie Jackson, Paul George, and Trey Young, three of the seven guests correct. Incorrect guesses, Jay Crowder, Kevin Durant, Chris Middleton, Devin Booker, Drew Holiday, Luke Kennard. We are looking for the top seven players who have made the most three-pointers in this NBA postseason. Do you know one of the four that still remain on our list? 800-990-ESPN. 
It's 800-990-3776. Get lined up. We'll get right to you as we continue. It's Sunday Karma, ESPN, Wisconsin. You're listening to Sunday Karma with Craig Karmazin on ESPN Wisconsin and WisconsinOnDemand.com. Sometimes we laugh and sometimes we cry, but I guess you know now. Baby, I took a half and she took the whole thing and slowed down. Baby, we took a trip, now we on your block and it's like a ghost town. I remember a, a game against Auburn, and, and this might have been, I don't remember if this was your last game. You had a lot of last games, but in one of the last games, you just decide to say, like, when I saw it was Auburn, and this was one of those, like, Auburn teams that thought they should have been in the BCS. Yeah. That was my that, last actual game. Yeah, and, and, and Barry's thing was like, oh, we match up really well with Auburn. And, like, all he, like, for weeks, like, he's, oh, we match up. And after the game, I'm like. I had to convince our guys. Yeah, and after the game, I'm like, so what was the, I was like, you guys ended up dominating. What was the matchup you saw? He's like, I don't know. I just, if, if they believe. looked at film, I didn't know who was on their team. <laughs> He's like, I was coming. That's, and so I, I tell you that story. We get ready to play. They thought they should have been in the national champ. They, they were, were like sixth ranked in the country. Yeah, they right? were loaded. And Bob, I can remember Bob Davidson. We're at the press conference the week they announced the, the matchups, and I was in a function in Milwaukee. Everybody felt sorry for me. Oh my God, you got Auburn. You know they they should be in the national championship game. Da da da. And uh, we go to the press conference, and I can remember we come out, and Cindy said, boy, you did a great job. You did a great job. The media loves you. Going to get your ass beat. Probably going to get your ass beat, but they love you. I'm thinking all the way home. My wife doesn't even think we could win. And, and so I, I just made up my mind. I walked in, and I told the coaches, let's have a meeting. I said, I've been studying their roster, studying our roster. We played them two years ago. We're a better team this year than we were two years ago. They had Cadillac Williams and Ronnie Brown, and I said, and they call us for a clip, and Jimmy Leonard ran a punt back, or we won that game. I said, we, I, I matched. I went through the whole line. I matched everything. I didn't even look, look at the roster. <laughs> I said, we match up with these guys great. And I'm call call team meeting. I go in with the kids. Before we give a scout report, I want to talk. I go through the same thing. Match up, boom, boom, boom. Every day at practice, just keep pounding them how great we're practicing. And the last work they touch, you always remember that. That's the last grinder. No one wants to go to that. I called it off. I said, you know what? You're right where you need to be. We don't need to practice. We got anymore. these guys already. Yeah, we're going to walk through today, have a light practice, and, and give you the rest of the day off. Just stay off your feet. And we went out. They played lights out. The storytelling of Barry Alvarez. All week we're honoring the great Barry Alvarez. It is Barry Week on ESPN Wisconsin from 1 until 3 every single day this week. You'll hear the players, the coaches, the media, the business executives, uh, and you'll hear Barry himself 1 until 3 each week. Right now we are in the heart of a 7 at 11 challenge. We said I'd give you the whole hour. Kyle thought we wouldn't need an hour, but... It's going to be rough. We got three of the seven looking for the NBA players with the most three-pointers made in this year's NBA playoffs. We have Reggie Jackson. We have Paul George. We have Young uh, guessed correctly. We have incorrect answers of Jay Crowder, Kevin Durant, Chris Middleton, Devin Booker, Drew Holiday, and Luke Kennard trying to knock out the top seven. We'll start it out with Dan, who's a lawyer. You're on Sunday Karma. Morning, Dan. Hi, this is Dan in West Bend. Hey, how are you, man? Good to hear from you. 
Doing good. Excited for the game. Oh, my gosh. I, I, Sundays, usually you get a 2.30 game. I can't believe we got to wait all the way till the night, but uh, it's going to be an exciting one, Dan. Who do you have from our list? Well, just because it hurts every time he takes the three, I'll take Giannis. I can't pronounce his name all off the board. Okay, you're going to go with Giannis, and uh, he has made a bunch. He has made 9 of 52, which makes him 17.3% and puts him at number 70 among all NBA players in this postseason. Thanks for the call and good to hear from you, Dan. Let's go to Chad, who's a firefighter. You're on Sunday Karma. Thanks for your service, Chad. Hey, morning, Craig. Um, I'm going to go with Brian Forbes. Uh, Bryn Forbes. Uh, Brynny uh, has uh, has had some ups and downs. He was just absolutely on fire through the entire second half of this NBA season. In the postseason, 39.1%. He is, uh, of his 64 attempts, he has knocked down 25 of them, which is good for number 22 on the list for Bryn Forbes. Love the uh, karma of back-to-back Bucks guesses. Unfortunately, none of them correct at this point. Let's go, Mike, who's retired. You're on Sunday Karma. Morning, Mike. Um, hey, I love, love your show, guys. Thank you. I'm going to go with Seth Curry. Seth Curry, who with the 76ers night in, night out, was knocking him down in his 12 games. He actually made over half of his three-pointers that he took. He was 41 for 81, which is good for number four on the list. Well done, Seth Curry on the list. Do you have another for us, Mike? Uh, yeah, even though this guy was hurt quite a bit, I'm going to still pick him. How about Donovan Mitchell? Donovan Mitchell, who played 10 games and in those 10 games made 53 pointers of his 115. Kyle stunned by that. That is once again correct. He is number two on our list. Well done, Mike. Keep it rolling. How about he's been hurt too, but I'm going to guess Bogdan Bogdanovich for the Hawks. He has been hurt, but he is quite the shooter. 98 attempts. He has made 30 of them. Good for number 14 on the list. Well done. Great job, Mike, uh, knocking out two of those. Let's go to Tom, who's a financial advisor. Morning, Tom. Hey, how are you guys doing? Excellent. We now have one through five guests uh, with Reggie Jackson, Donovan Mitchell, Paul George, Seth Curry, and Young off of our list. How about uh, Jeff Green? How about Jeff Green? I mean, he knocked down seven in one game. So uh, knocking down seven in one game is quite the start to uh, try to make this list. Um, I'm seeing Danny Green on the list. Here's Jeff Green. Jeff Green actually over 50%. He is 10 of 18, puts him at number 63 on our list. Um, But uh, definitely up there when it comes to percentage. Thanks for the call, Tom. Let's go to John, who's a truck driver. You're on Sunday Karma. Morning, John. Morning. Who do you have? Um, Damian Lillard. How about Damian Lillard? Um, it seems like a long time since he was around in this postseason. He only played in six games. But in those six games, he actually took 78 three-pointers. He took 13 three-pointers per game. And... 
He made about six of them, 35 of 78, 45%. Good for number seven on our list, Damian Lillard. Well done, John. Despite only making it into the first round, Damian Lillard, number seven on our list. Do you have another for us? Uh, is, has Bogdanovich from Utah been? He has not been guessed. And uh, Kyle, what do you think? Do you think uh, what do, number would he be? Do you, he would be number six. Do you think? Do you, do you trust that John just knocked out seven and number six on our list? I do with full integrity and honesty. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, you Dame, do? Yeah, Dame, you trust the man. I, tr- I trust him well, because John. Ding, 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 right. ding. Where are you calling from? I live in Hartford. All right. Well, uh, we are going to put you on hold because we thought it could take an hour, but in a half hour. It is Bojan Bogdanovich from the Utah Jazz, number six on the list. 46%, 35 for 76. We have knocked out our seven at 11. Reggie Jackson, one. Donovan Mitchell, two. Paul George, three. Seth Curry, four. Trey Young, five. Bojan Bogdanovich from Utah, number six. And Damian Lillard, number seven. Didn't get number eight, which was uh, Jordan Clarkson, but got the rest of the top ten. Well what? done. Every, what? Jordan Clarkson? Jo- I'm still, my mind is blown about Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, well, Donovan Having Mitchell 53? played ten games. He missed, made, he missed, what, one or two games? Yeah, well, so they... Just one. So he's they hurt. only played six games in the second series, and in the first series they went... Did it go seven or six? Because he missed the first game, because remember they, they lost. lost. I feel like they only went five. Didn't they beat him in five? I'm not sure. So but he only missed one game. That Donovan first Mitchell game? is the most underrated player in the league. So he he made 43.5 percent of those 115 threes that he fired up in 10 games. So he was shooting a lot of threes, and uh, not enough to get by the Clippers without Kawhi Leonard. They were two two when Kawhi Leonard went out of that series, and the Clippers won the next two games. Without Kawhi. Remember, Conley was hurt after uh, Donovan Mitchell was hurt earlier at the start of the postseason. Eric Name joins us. He is the Bucks reporter from The Athletic. Love hearing from Eric Name. He joins us to talk Bucks Hawks as we continue at Sunday Karma, ESPN Wisconsin. This is Sunday Karma with Craig Karmazin on ESPN Wisconsin and WisconsinOnDemand.com. Another one. DJ Khaled. It's Sunday Karma with Craig Karmazin on ESPN Wisconsin and WisconsinOnDemand.com. Eric Name coming to us. Live from I was gonna let Eric fill in where he was coming to us live from. Eric, so where? Oh, that's my bad. Where was your? So where was your morning walk? I want to hear about this. Uh, just went through Centennial Park, did a nice little lap around there, walked over to the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Checked out to figure out what gate I need to go in at State Farm Arena later today. Uh, and then got myself back to the hotel in time to talk to you. A wonderful aquarium, uh, uh, the Coca-Cola Museum. 
you know, some some different uh, spots. Uh, do you plan on doing any sightseeing during your time in Atlanta? Uh, I don't know if I'll get to any sightseeing. Uh, the sites I tend to focus on are the inside of restaurants. Uh, so we'll see if I can eat some good food while I'm down here. Now, so you go inside. I try to eat outside wherever I eat. And not from like a COVID, but just like eating outside, even in the hot weather. I feel like when you go to a city, you just want to eat outside, right? Uh, I do like eating outside. I don't love eating outside in Atlanta because it's hot. Yeah, it is. It is very hot. Um, and before we get to Bucks... Uh, into Bucks Hawks. I know you've you've become a soccer guy. Are you is are you into the Euro Cup? Do you have a squad? Uh, I do not have a squad. Uh, today's actually a weird confluence of events because there's an Atlanta United game uh, at Mercedes Benz Stadium, and they sell out that place for MLS games, which yep. is crazy, right? Like it's it's a huge stadium, and they sell it out. So I was trying to figure out if I could get over there. And watch like the first half. It's it's gonna be too it's gonna be too busy. So what? A th- that I mean, is- that's a three thirty. Uh, so let's go. Let's just go on Central Time. Two thirty Central Time for the Red Bulls uh, coming to the United. That's two thirty. Right. I mean, you could leave at halftime and have plenty of time to get over for a seven thirty uh, buck start. Okay, maybe you're talking to me. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Is today. there a shoot around or something you need to go to? Uh, shoot around has happened. Uh, it'll just be game prep. Uh, COVID protocols are a little bit more intense now that we're in the in the room with with uh, with players and coaches. Uh, still, like no one on one, but we're at least in the room asking questions. So COVID protocols are a little bit more intense. But I, you might have just talked me into it. We'll see. Yep. And um, uh, in terms of sightseeing, um, we know a very important kind of uh, NBA landmark is Magic City. Do you intend to make that part of your sightseeing uh, while you're in Atlanta? This better be yes, Eric. There's no other answer. Go ahead, get them lemon pepper wings in some other well, things. I was just going to say that. You know, our Chris Kirstner uh, at The Athletic wrote the I went to Magic City to get to get the wings feature when Lou Williams uh, had gotten suspended for that during uh, during the bubble for, for making a stop at Magic City. So he can vouch for the wings. I've read this story. Uh, it almost feels like I'd be an investigative journalist heading into Magic City tonight to get some wings. So, I would almost feel like I, you're not a journalist if you don't go to get the right, wings at right. Magic City. Um, which I've been right. to Magic City, as, uh, as has been documented on the show many, many years ago with the great Vonnie Holiday. Uh, but uh, that's for another day. Today is Game 3. <laughs> it is a big matchup. And, you know, it's, it's a weird thing to say, but is there any concern that Game 2 was so easy that the Bucks, you know, take the foot off the accelerator a little going into Game 3? I think that you always have to kind of defend against that because you know if if you are the hawks you would say hey the bucks got beat by i don't even know but did it end up getting the 50 in game two against the nuts and then game three they came back and and they got to win like yep. that that type of thing can happen so uh the bucks were very uh very clear last series about saying doesn't matter if you win by 40 you win by one you won and that win counts the same in a seven-game series, no matter how much you won by. So uh, I think they will be very aware that they need to come out and bring the same intensity. Uh, and honestly, I think they really, they really confused and flummoxed Trey Young last game to the point where you know he has a career-high nine turnovers in a game. He had eight turnovers in the first half, but I'm in at that point. The game was pretty much over, um, but. 
he was confused and he struggled with their coverage. And, and I think you're going to see a Trey Young that's a lot more composed. He's going to understand what they're doing a lot better. Uh, it's not going to catch him by surprise. And, and that means he's going to be more prepared to, to make the right play in those situations. So uh, I think we're going to see a, a game three that is, is really a lot tighter. Uh, and if you're the Hawks, you know that you have to try to get game three. Because if not, then all of a sudden the Bucks are thinking, hey, we're this, we thought we were better than this team going in. Now we know it. And we're going to go rattle off four straight after dropping the first one. Yeah, chatting with Eric Name from The Athletic. So Trey Young has had one game of 50% shooting or better in each series. So uh, one game in the, uh, you know, in what was, uh, I guess that only ended up being a five-game series against the uh, the Knicks, only one game in the seven-game series against the Sixers, and now one of the two games against the Bucks. So I think not only did he play well, which he you know tends to do, but he shot a higher, more efficient percentage in game one than normal. But Eric, I didn't think there was some big, crazy adjustment that the Bucks made. I thought it was more of the intensity that they played their coverages with. Um, I, I didn't think they had done, did anything so you know, crazy different that they had done in the second half. Uh, was I missing something so different that they did strategically in game two? No, not really. You know, we last time I was on with you, we talked about drop, pick, and roll coverage, and that's always going to be what you talk about with the Bucks. The Bucks want Brooke Lopez to be able to hang out at the rim and make sure you don't get shots at the rim and force you into mid-range jumpers and floaters and things like that. And in game one, it was – it was incredibly easy. They, they ran drop coverage. Brooke didn't really come out past the free throw line. And Trey Young just floated in jumper after jumper. I think he's 11 of 16 uh, in the first half. And a lot of those were those floaters that he's, he's very comfortable shooting. And to me, the Bucks ran pretty much everything the same way. A, a bunch of people were coming and saying, oh, they switched one through four. Well, they were switching one through four in game one. Uh, but they were running a super deep drop. And it was easy for Trey. And to me, I've tried again and again to try to explain this. And honestly, it's it's something I've probably written about more than anyone in the last few years. Brooke Lopez is really good. And there's just always going to be this idea because he's seven feet tall, he's 280 pounds, he doesn't move that well, that the first adjustment anyone's going to think of in the playoffs is, oh, can't play the big guy, got to go small. That's, all, that's always going to be the first adjustment because that's just how everyone has been programmed with the NBA at this point. And the thing with Brooke is he is so good at the drop coverage and he can play it so many different ways that you don't play him off the floor. You know, I, was, I had a couple of people reach out to me from around the league after game one against the Nets that said, oh man, I don't think they're going to be able to play Brooke in this series. And I said, are you crazy? Like he's one of their best players. You are going to play him. You just have to figure out a way to do it differently. And then you saw him jump out higher on pick and rolls against Kevin Durant. You saw him roll into the post even more. Right, but seven. with Kevin Durant, I feel like he is so long that when and he and his body is able to draw those fouls. Like when Brooke did jump out further, I felt like you know Durant could probably punish him a little bit more because of his length than what Trey could. Because even if Trey gets by him, I feel like you have more options once Trey gets by you. Absolutely. And, and I mean, that was the thing again. So after game one, a, a number of those same, same people reached out. They were just like, oh, yeah, you know, is, I, I, is Brooke going to be able to play? Are they going to be able to play this drop coverage? And I was like, of, of course. Like, 
the drop coverage the Bucks run comes in many different forms, and we're just going to see a different form of it, and that's exactly what we saw in Game 2 where Brooke Lopez is out at the free-throw free line, his hands waving all over the place. He's juking at Trey Young to fake that he's going to block the floater and then drop him back to protect the lob. He's playing in the middle. Like, he's just doing all these really creative things that put Trey Young in a really difficult position. So it starts there, and then on top of it, the help defenders, rather than sticking on a guy like Solomon Hill, hung out in the driving lanes and put their hands in there. And stunted there and then got back. And, and the, the, the whole idea is the Bucks And by the way, ran. as much as we all love Bobby Portis, he actually can't move his feet as well and defend the way Brooke Lopez can, even though seemingly he would be a more nimble, you know, guy and more athletic. Like, you know, he, he is more of a liability defensively than Brooke Lopez is. Uh, a very common misconception. Just because you are quicker does not mean you are going to be better uh, in that coverage and, and being able to do more things. Brooke is just kind of an anomaly that he can do that. And, yeah, I mean, honestly, we saw Bobby Portis have a really nice game one and game two. But if you look at the film, there's a lot of spots where it gets really uncomfortable with him oh, because yeah. in, in game one, he couldn't run the drop coverage. So those were – the first two lobs Trey Young throws in this series are both with Bobby Portis on the floor. And then in game two, you saw him switch everything because, as Bobby told me in between games one and game two, like, I'm, I'm a blitz or a switch guy. I, I don't want to play drop coverage. And to Bud's credit, you know, they gave him something where he could be more comfortable. And, and Bobby, I feel like they have to blitz with Bobby because I feel like when he switches, he's totally lost also. So I, I know totally, it's not their style, but I feel like I would almost rather see that. Yeah, and, and I mean, you have to attempt to figure out how do I make Bobby Portis comfortable. And to their credit, they did those things, and he was very comfortable, right? And he ends up having a big game offensively. Defensively, it was still pretty rough. But yeah. offensively, he feels like he's in the flow. He feels like he can be a part of it. He gets that steal on the inbound. Like, he just he feels better about it. Even if he isn't executing that much better, he's feeling better about it and feeling a bigger part of the game, and that's obviously what you want. So I, I just thought it was – it was so like you said it's not wholesale adjustments it's not changing everything it's just tweaking what they do in a way customized to the Atlanta Hawks they did the same thing against the heat they did the same thing against the nets and now they're doing the same thing against the hawks eric is giannis going to be called for a 10 second violation today I don't think so. Uh, I honestly thought he was going to get called for the very first free throw that he took on on Friday night because it, for the first time the league put that in, in the last two-minute report for the first time ever, they said he should have been called for a 10-second uh, violation. And believe it or not, Craig, he has taken free throws in the final two minutes of a game, and he has taken more than 10 seconds in the final two minutes of a game on a free throw, and it's never showed up there before. And I, I, I still, to this day, don't understand why the league decided to open up this can of worms by calling a 10-second call on, on Giannis at any point uh, during this season, but they did it. And for me, if you were going to call it and you were going to say, all right, Giannis, this is the thing that we now care about, you had to call the first free throw. The very first free throw he took, you had to say, hey, that's 10, you got to speed it up. And they didn't. And, and now, at this point, it just feels like a spot where, yep, the Hawks complained about it, the Nets complained about it, the Heat complained about it, and, you know, we, 
we pacified all of those teams by putting it on the last two-minute report, by calling it once in the heat in the net series. Uh, but uh, to me, I, I think it's over. Like, I, I just – I've always found this ridiculous. Carmelone took 13 seconds on his free throws. The, the problem is, Eric, you're, like, in your mind it's over, but each of the next 12 free throws Giannis takes today, there's a chance <laughs> it gets called. That's what makes it scary, yeah. right? Like, each time sure. you're looking at each ref – and by the way, they could call a lane violation of someone stepping in early on every free throw if they wanted to. I mean, there's a lot of things – like, this isn't just a Giannis superstar thing. There's a lot of things that happen on every free throw that could be called if you were going by the letter of the law on, on these rules. Uh, I mean, I mean, that's the thing that got me is, you know, when Mike Boonholzer was asked about it before – game two, he had mentioned, oh, you know, any timing mechanism. So a defensive three-second call, um, you know, a five-second inbound call. Like, if we actually pulled out a stopwatch, there's going to be a lot of times where that is is upset. And, I mean, I understand his point, but I, I thought the greater point to me was if we actually want to have a conversation about free throws, which I don't think the league does. I don't think the league actually wants to start doing this. But if we want to have a conversation about free throws, every single free throw has some sort of violation. Like, it, it's undeniable. Like, it, if you really look through the rules, there's, like, rules about how often you're supposed to be able to talk during a free throw. There's rules about stepping in the lane. Like, there's rules about all this stuff, and no one has ever cared. And now because a couple teams follow Giannis a million times and have to wait, 15 times in a game, they're now upset about it. And to me, it's, it's just never, it, it, it was, this is honestly below the league to me. Like, I, I just, I don't understand why the league would actually go through with any of this and actually pacify any of these teams complaining about it. Because if I was commissioner, you would have told me that. And I said, yeah, too bad. Stop following them. We're not going to call it. And if you complain about it, we're going to give you technical. We're not going to do this. This is ridiculous. It, it's a farce. Yeah, and by the way, if you were going to do it almost like Major League Baseball, hey, we're going to let uh, Giannis know starting next year, we'll still give you 12 or 13 seconds, but it's from the time the referee has the ball. And because right, it is right. slowing down the game if you go through your ritual before that and then take 12 or 13. So just so you know, going into the year, we're going to call it every time if you go over 15 seconds from the time we have the ball in the referee's hands and want to give you the ball or something like that. So, Eric, last quickie. Um, if the Bucks come back 2-2, two to two, do you feel good about what happened in Atlanta or, or do you feel like this team needs to go and win two games on the road here? I mean, I, I think you could win one of two here in Atlanta and still be okay, right? Like, the, the goal is always to steal one on the road. But, I, do, I mean, going into this series, I thought Bucks in five. I, thought, I think this Bucks team is better than this Hawks team. And despite not playing all that well in game one, they needed the Hawks needed 48 from Trey Young to, to go out and win that game. Well, and you're so, saying 48, but they needed two offensive rebounds on the same possession. <laughs> they needed Chris Middleton to go 0 for 9. They needed Giannis to miss five layups. You know, it was a lot of things so, they totally. needed. So from my perspective, I think it's a disappointment if this ends in anything other than five because I just think the Bucks are that much better than the Hawks. But if we're talking about, like, real expectations of NBA playoff series, you you can really never know what happens when you go on the road. So yeah, you got to steal one. I think you can be happy if you steal one and you come back and it's two two. You can win game five, win game six, and get out of here. But I think overall, this is a Bucks team that I feel is better than the Hawks, especially with as many injuries as the Hawks have right now. Uh, I just think this is a better basketball team, so they should come back. Uh, 
with it 3-1 and a chance to close it out in Milwaukee. Next time we talk to Eric Name, he will tell us uh, Atlanta United game, Magic City, neither <laughs> or both. That is compelling, compelling stuff. Eric Name, thanks for jumping on. You can subscribe and read all of Eric's stuff at The Athletic. And everyone is always uh, following Eric Name. Remember, N-E-H-M, uh, the last name when you're uh, looking him up to follow him on Twitter. Thanks so much, Eric. Thanks for having me. Yeah, that's Eric Name, uh, the best when it comes to uh, covering the Bucks. We'll have our Palermo's picks as we uh, continue. It's Sunday Karma, ESPN Wisconsin. You're listening to Sunday Karma with Craig Karmazin on ESPN Wisconsin and WisconsinOnDemand.com. It's that time. Yes, it's finally here. Craig makes his picks of the week. You can bet the house on it. Picks of the week on Sunday Karma with Craig Karmazin. Presented by Palermo's Pizza, Wisconsin's hometown pizza. Can't wait to see what happens next. On ESPN Wisconsin and WisconsinOnDemand.com. Our Palermo's Picks brought to us by Palermo's Pizza. Amazing, amazing pizza. Amazing local company. Wisconsin's hometown pizza. The best thing is great jobs. Palermo's Pizza right now, they're hiring. What a great place to work. A great place to uh, contribute to your community, playing great wages, great benefits. Palermo'spizza.com for the delicious foods. Also look uh, look out if you're looking for a, uh, a gig. All different sorts of opportunities with Palermo's Pizza. And uh, I think that's what I'll be doing uh, during the game tonight. A little, uh, I might go thin crust. I think I'm going to run before the game, try to get in that in that mood. You know, get myself geared up for the game. So, uh, Kyle, the Palermo's pick I want to hear from you is uh, I, uh, I'm booked. I got my seats. I'm all geared up. My second postseason trip to Atlanta. I was there for a Hawks-Knicks game. My question for you, I want to hear your Palermo's pick. July 3rd, Saturday, will I be attending Game 6 of the Bucks and the Hawks? Craig? Yes? You already booked your flight? I booked the flight. I hope you can refund that flight because you ain't going to Atlanta because the Bucks will take care of business in Game 5. So you're saying this is... Conference semifinals from two years ago against Boston, Kyrie, and uh, playing the role of Young in Game One, where the uh, Bucks lost Game One at home to the Celtics, and then rattled off four in a row. In that case, to advance to the Eastern Conference Finals uh, to play the Raptors, but in this case, you say to advance to the NBA Finals to take on the Phoenix Suns, who and, are scary. And you think they close it out in five as well? No, I think there's one. I think Clippers got one more game in them. So they go to Phoenix and win, and then uh, then they'd be back in LA, which hasn't seemed to make that much a difference for them. They've they've won some games on the road in this postseason. They went down two zero at home, you know, in that first series against Dallas. Yeah, I, I mean, I I feel like they'll close them out honestly in five, but I just don't feel like the Clippers. They they got more pride than that, right? Too much talent. Uh, they have a lot of talent, but obviously Kawhi Leonard uh, still uh, not there, and it looks like uh, at least a enough of a sprain, you know. Uh, ACL's torn. 
I don't know about torn, but they've they've said sprain. They haven't said what degree. You, you can't sprain your ACL if your ACL's torn. If it has a slight tear in your ACL, you have to get surgery. Yeah, you, like you can't just. It's gonna tear eventually. Yeah, Doctor Wallace breaking it down for us. Got two of them. So um, seven thirty tonight on uh, ESPN Madison, as well as on six twenty WTMJ. It is the Bucks and the Hawks. Big ups, by the way, to the Brewers sitting in first place, forty four and thirty three. Uh, that game on uh, WTMJ, you can hear that signal everywhere uh, in Wisconsin uh, today, uh, coming up in about an hour. And by the way, you can win prizes. Uh, if you uh, want to be part of our ESPN Wisconsin Delzer Open, what you need to do, show us your best golf impression. You could be Happy Gilmore. You could be Tiger, who you, whoever you want to be, and then tweet it. Tweet it at ESPN Milwaukee on Twitter. The best impression wins a foursome to be part of our 2021 Delzer ESPN Milwaukee Open. This is uh, all the details available for you at ESPNWisconsinContest.com. Official contest rules. Stay healthy, stay together, survive today, and thrive tomorrow. Don't settle. You've been listening to Sunday Karma on ESPN Wisconsin. Go Bucks and send us out, Kyle. Peace. This is ESPN Wisconsin and ESPNWisconsin.com.